If you will this morning, turn with me in the Word of God to Psalm 143, verse 10. Our text will be taken from Psalm 143, verse 10. It reads this way. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art, how merciful Thou art, how long-suffering Thou art to Thy people. O Lord, would You ever give us a reminder this morning that Thou art reigning, that Thou art the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that, Lord, You are the sovereign ruler of all in this world. Lord, may You bring us now to Thy feet to teach us Thy will. May you bring us now, Lord, to thy feet to instruct us. Humble us, Lord, before thee this day. Keep our minds stayed upon thee. And may you bless us with thy presence in this hour. O Lord, for truly thou art the Lord of life. May you give us life in thy Son. Bring forth that life this day, O Lord, for the praise and glory and honor of thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name. The heading of this psalm this morning in Psalm 143 in my Bible says the prayer of a soul in distress. David, for everything that he was, a king, one after God's own heart, he had many times with distress in his soul. How could he not? Our Lord Jesus told us that that's the way life would be here. We have many persecutions, many tribulations, and somehow in all of that, we are to be of good cheer, for the Lord has overcome all of those things. He did that for the psalmist in this Psalm 143. We're told it's a Psalm of David. But what we will hear this morning, what we praise God for this morning, is this soul prayer. It's a prayer. It was breathed out of a soul that Christ occupied. Let that sink in a moment. It's breathed out by a soul that Christ occupied. Christ brought forth this word. Christ is the one who brings forth his healing in the soul. He's the one who brings us forth the cry out unto him. You're going to see that in this song. Paul said we must, or says we do have the mind of Christ. To have the mind of Christ is the mind of humility. The mind of being taught. Our text this morning in verse 10, David says something that only a soul taught by the Lord can say. He's humbled in dependency upon the Lord to cry out to the Lord to teach me to do thy will. As I said, Christ is in his soul. When Christ breathed these words out of us, when the hope of glory brings these things to our mind, he is speaking from the power of himself. The Lord said these things. Paul wrote in Hebrews 10.7, Then said I, speaking of Christ, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. The Son came down from heaven to do the will of the Father. 
when David prayed this prayer to teach me to do thy will, he was speaking out of that union of Christ being in him, the hope of glory, to do the Father's will. John In John 6, 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. You say, well, but Jesus is God. Why would he pray such a prayer? To teach us that in him, we being in him, this is our rightful place. To desire to do the Father's will, whatever that Father's will is. And as we come to hardship in this life, and we come to things that we believe have worked against us in cross providences, is what we call them, although there is no such thing, if Romans 8.28 is true. If it is true, and the Lord works all things for the good of His people, to them who are called according to His purpose, if that is true, then everything that takes place here on earth is for the people of God and for their good. And we can question it all day, and we can wonder why these things are, but the Lord tells us they're for the good of our soul. To wean us from this world, to cause us as he caused this king, this king to depend upon him. A king who had rulership over all the earth. Every nation was put down before David. He was a warring king. And every nation that raised up, God delivered him in battle to put them all down. And yet he was dependent. Yet he was not saying boastfully, I am the one who's ruling all of the earth. He's dependent upon the Lord. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus said these words, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. That cup of sin, that cup of the sins of the people, the cup of the wrath of the Father being poured out upon him, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. James tells us and instructs us in his epistle that we are to pray and to ask all things according to the will of the Father, according to the will of God. If it be thy will. Jesus taught us to say thy will be done. And that's where we find ourselves this morning in this song. David's prostrate position before the Lord is to teach me to do thy will. Not my will. To do thy will, O Lord. And if you see in our text, he, he's, he's asking from a position of oneness. A position of union. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Thy Holy Spirit is what instructs me of Christ. Lead me into the land of uprightness. I can't get there on my own. I can't get my soul out of this distress. I can't get my soul out of depression. I can't get my soul out of this doldrum, this heavy feeling. But there's one who sets us free. The Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes in Hebrews 5a, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Does that blow your mind that the Lord Jesus Christ is a perfect God-man, learned obedience through suffering? 
And if we be in Christ, we will learn the same way. He treaded that path first. That's the only way where true obedience is, is in, Lord, teach me to do thy will. Teach me, Lord, if thou art to humble me at this time in my life, humble me, Lord. The very next psalm, which we're not looking at today in Psalm 144, he starts out with, you teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Teach me, Lord, if that is that time to fight. Teach me, Lord, if it is a time to be humble and to have long-suffering and to have patience. Teach me, Lord, if it is a time to stand in thy truth. What do we hear in these words? Dependency. Lord, I'm dependent upon you. I don't know what all this means. I know I can hear what everybody's opinion is. Lord, keep me from the opinions of this world. I can say from my soul today, I care not for not one man's opinion. But that's by his work. There are people today that get up and turn the TV on just to hear the opinions of people they value. You're not going to hear the will of God there. The will of God is taught through His Son. Hear ye Him. What is it, Lord, that you say in these troubled times that we live in? What is it, Lord, that you have for me? Teach me, Lord, to do Thy will. Now, Our text is found in this psalm. I would like you to back up with me and read this psalm with me. And I'm going to make a few comments as we're going along in Psalm 143. As I said, it's Psalm 143, and it's the prayer of a soul in distress, a psalm of David. And the first thing we're we're smacked right in the face with, as David's pouring out his heart to, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. But what is he pleading God for? And not what he for upon. What is he pleading God in? In thy faithfulness, answer me. And in thy righteousness. These are the things of Christ. These are the things that belong to Christ. His faithfulness, his righteousness. The things you and I must have to live in this world. As David opens his mouth in this psalm, and as the Holy Spirit is upon David, and in David to to write these words, David is brought to say, Lord, I plead to you from you. I plead to you because of you. I plead to you on your merits, in your righteousness. This is very important. Because being taught the will of the Lord, as you'll see today, is being in Christ, in the mind of Christ. And you're going to see what that will and the power of the Lord accomplishes today. You're going to see that. We are not left without witness. We are not left without hope. We are not left without power. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness, answer me. And in thy righteousness. So we see right off the bat, he's appealing to the Lord by his things. And that's what I'll call them this morning, his things. Those that belong to the storehouses of Christ, 
in Christ. All of the fruit of the Spirit that's in Christ, that are His to give, His faith, His love, His righteousness, His peace. Lord, if, if I'm to pray this morning for your peace, I must pray and ask according to your peace. I need your peace, Lord, the peace which passes all understanding. Teach me to do thy will. If thy will is peace, teach me, Lord, thy peace for myself. You see how that works? You see the position that the psalmist is brought to? Now keep that, hopefully, as the Holy Spirit instructs us this morning. Keep that in the forefront of your mind as we go down. Enter not into judgment with thy servant. Why would someone, after God's own heart, why would one who's safe and secure in Christ say, enter not into judgment with thy servant? Because we're ever mindful of what we deserve. We're ever mindful of what the wages of sin are. We're ever mindful of what our unbelief, our inability to trust the Lord, our inability today to say, Lord, I know you're reigning and everything you do is for my good. Lord, keep me from judgment. Keep me, Lord, from that we don't presume upon the grace of God. We're consumed with the grace of God. The Lord gives the grace of God. He's the one that reveals to us that we're not going to be put away. We're not going to be judged. We're not under the, the hand of God who has punished one who stood in our place. The Lord must reveal that to us. David is saying, enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight, Lord, in thy sight shall no man living be justified. They seize the holiness of the Lord. No man could stand before you. Do you see that today? Sometimes I think in our fallen nature, when things don't go our way in this life or we don't get the things we think that God has for us, we feel entitled we become to say, well, why is it? Why haven't you done that, Lord? And we cry out to him saying that in an entitled spirit. Like, Lord, I'm your child. You should have shined this way upon me, not knowing the will of God. David, for everything that he's going to say in this psalm, is brought to our text this morning to cry out to the Lord to teach him to do his will. That's the prayer of the saint. Sometimes I think, we get so enamored with bombarding the throne of grace and telling God what's going on and telling Him what we want and telling Him what our desires are. And all of those things are good. He is our Father. That is, that is what we tell our, our Father, the one who provides for us. Oh, Lord, I have need of these things. But what we're not doing is sitting and listening to the will of the Lord and what is for us. I think when we plead those things and we ask for those things, we, we're totally convinced that that's the only way God can act. It's the only way, God, you must act this way for me to be happy. For me to go on in this world and to go on in this life, you must act this way. The Lord confounds that logic and puts it down because He's sovereign. Our ways are not His ways. His ways are higher than ours. For in thy sight shall no man living be justified. And no man can ever be justified without Christ's things. 
that righteousness, that faithfulness, that's what he's referring back to. It's in thy faithfulness. It's in thy righteousness, Lord, because if I'm standing in my own, I can't be justified. He's the just and justifier of all of his people. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. Oh, man. I wrote down a few of them right here, but in my verse, I said, sin. I started writing down all the ones persecuting my soul at the moment I wrote this. Sin, Satan, fear, self, the world, unbelief. I can go on and on and on. These are all enemies of my soul. Enemies of my soul. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He persecutes my soul. He's smitten my life down to the ground. Understand this, that the enemy's design is to put down your life, is to cause you to be lifeless. Remember we said that a while ago? You ever feel that way? Oh gosh, I'm so, I just feel so heavy. I feel so downtrodden. Why is that? Because the enemy has the upper hand. Whatever way it's manifesting itself, whether it's fear or unbelief or not trusting the Lord, whatever way that is, not seeing Him reign, we feel that way. We feel oppressed and, and downtrodden. That's the whole design, is to take and suck the very life out of the Christian. Christ is life. Satan's in a, the arch enemy is Christ. I don't want you resting in Christ. I don't want you following Christ. I don't want you hearing Christ. Hear me. And when we do, when that ear is given, when, when we're falling into that trap, you ever felt that heaviness? You ever felt that woe is me? You ever felt that I just, I don't even want to go on? The enemy has persecuted my soul. He's smitten my life down to the ground. He's made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. That is what it is without Christ's presence. It's death. If all we can do is see the enemies, we're in trouble. The psalmist knows that. He's been in this distress so many times. We've read, read so many psalms that he's written before. We know that in his life, these things took place when the Lord brought him up and he set him in that place where he only saw the Lord, then we have this hope thou in God. We have this great living hope in his Lord and, and these psalms that just exalt the Lord in great thankfulness and great thanksgiving and great praise to his holy name. David says in verse 4, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed with him. Don't miss that. See, it's our spirit that gets overwhelmed. It's not the Holy Spirit in us that gets overwhelmed. It's our spirit. We get downcast. We get so focused on life and the enemies in this life. And you say, well, I'm not focused on the enemy. You don't realize it. That fear is the enemy. The Lord didn't give you that fear. That unbelief is the enemy. The Lord is the Lord of faith. spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. He's smitten. He's smitten down. And, and, and what is the design in all of this? 
Because as, as we get downtrodden, and as we get put down in that way, and we're desolate. We're in need of someone. We're in need of a lifeline. We're in need of what's being happening. What is happening now? We're being stripped. That very enemy that's coming in and attacking us this way is being used by a sovereign God to strip us of the very things that we take so much pride in in this life. Our knowledge, our intellect, our feelings. Then that enemy comes right in and all of a sudden, we're right down. We're cast down. You say, well, that, that doesn't sound like a plan. I say to you, what does the Lord's righteousness lead to? It's peaceful, right? It's hopeful, right? It's love, right? My heart within me is desolate. But then we have this epiphany in five. Just like the one who's sitting there about to slop the pigs and says, Oh, in my father's house there's bread. As Job is struck down and the Lord comes to him and feels it, Oh, Lord, it's my Lord. And all of a sudden, David says, I remember the days of old. I remember those days of prosperity. I remember when the Lord filled my soul and I saw his face. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. Do you see the progression of the soul? When the Lord brings us away from self, listen to what the testimony of the saint is. My mind now, I remember. My mind is set on something. It's not woe is me. It's not what's going on in the world. It's not what's going on in my mind. He raptures me out of that. He sets me in a place. And he says to me, I meditate on all thy works. This is what the Lord has done for me. The Lord has delivered me over and over again. The Lord has been my strength. The Lord has been my light out of this darkness. The Lord has lifted me down from this downtrodden spirit and set me and made put me on the wings of himself to soar high above the heavens. The Lord has done that. I remember. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. David and I talked about that this week in one of our classes early in the morning. He had a verse in the Bible that was talking about the works of his hands in creation. And how we, we look out here and we see these trees and we see everything around us and it testifies to the child of God that there is a God. And he fearfully and wonderfully makes everything. And makes everything good. Yes, man comes in and ruins it. Yes, sin comes in and mars everything. But our Lord, the Creator, is all good. I muse on the work of Thy hands. And that's just not the creation. That's the work of His hands in our soul. To mortify. To put down. To cast out those thoughts. To take them out of our mind and rest our mind upon Him. I meditate, Lord, upon what You've done. See, that's the difference. That's the difference between our spirit that's cast down and the Holy Spirit. 
He takes the things of Christ and he says, this is what he's created. He's created Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's created the seed in you. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You say, oh yes it does. Not if your mind is on him, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because he'll do his will in whatever he pleases. And if you are brought to the rightful place, you will say, yes, Lord, it is good. It is good. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. So now we've seen the soul be lifted up. We've seen the Holy Spirit working. We've seen Him delivered. And then we have that pause. Think upon this. Think how wonderful the Lord is in my dependency. He caused me to be dependent upon Him and He answered that dependency. And He answered it with Himself. Nothing else. Nothing in this world to appease you. No riches, no rumors, no no anything. No news going the way you want it to go. Nothing like He answers it with Himself. Because He's our only hope. He's our only plea. That Christ died for me. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Once again, hear me, Lord. My spirit fails. I need thee, Lord. Hide not thy face from me. That's death to me. You've proved that to me, Lord. Lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. That's what we are without the Lord's presence. You can try to sugarcoat it all you want. I've heard religious man for years and all the time talk about how different we are from the sinners out in the world. And the only thing that makes us different not a thing in us. Will we still have unbelief? Absolutely. Will we still sin? Absolutely. Do we still need Him every hour and every minute of our day? Absolutely. Dependency. I will be just like them, Lord, to go down in the pit. I will, without Your grace. I can't will myself out of it. I can't do enough good deeds, Lord, to warrant your love for me. Without your love, Lord, I'm nothing. Without your blood to cover my sins, I'm nothing. I love these words. Cause me, verse 8. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. Do you love that? You get up in the morning, you hear the Lord's words. The Lord meets you in the word, maybe. Maybe he just feels as soon as you wake up, this is the day the Lord has made. Give me joy, Lord, to rejoice in what you have done. You know what's wonderful about every day? His mercies are new. Every day. And we don't know what they are when the day starts. That's exciting to me. Every day the Lord's new mercies are there for us. How will he reveal them? How will he reveal Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Well, we didn't hear that a few verses ago. We do now. Christ's presence is magnified. 
Holy Spirit is revealing Christ to the soul. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. Still dependent, guys. This isn't give a gift and leave you to yourself and you go figure it out. I know you hear a lot of that in today's religion. Oh, God gave you faith, now go exercise it. You don't see that in the psalmist. You see him dependent upon the Lord. He's brought out of the depths. He's brought and sat in that place. And yet he still said, Lord, cause me to walk in the way that is pleasing to you. I won't walk there on my I need you shepherding my soul. Shepherd my soul, Lord. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. You know what that is? No presumption. It's dependency upon the grace of God. But it's not a hopeless dependency. It's a faithful dependency. You know it because He's proved it. He showed you in your soul that He's faithful. Remember how we started this? Thy faithfulness answer me. Thy righteousness answer me. Thy love, Lord. His are unwavering. The child of God is caused to cry out and appeal to what the Lord's attributes are because ours are lacking. Lord, make your love my love. Make your peace my peace. Make your righteousness my righteousness because we can mimic all of those. We can counterfeit all of those. But you'll never, never be able to produce the purity of His. Those are His and His alone. As my shepherd, O Lord, I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord. This is where freedom in Christ is alone. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. Deliver me. You're my deliverer, Lord. Don't we know that in the Scriptures? He's manifested to defeat the devil and the works of the devil. All our life we're subject to the bondage of fear and the death and the Lord raised out of the grave to defeat death. All of these things that we, we, we're so inundated in fears every day. And this could lead to this. It's all the same thing. But the Lord's defeated them all. And yet we can't get there to that thought. We can't get there to that truth. We need the mind of Christ. Teach me to do thy words. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Where can we go? I flee to you, Lord, the rock that is higher than I. I flee to you, Lord, the rock that you would hide me in thee. That you would hide me as that one gathers her, her chicks under her wings. Hide me in thee, Lord. Hide me safe and sa secure in the ark as the floods come. Hide me there. That's where eternal security is. Teach me to do our text. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. Make me alive for thy name's sake. 
Don't miss those words. This is the soul of one taught of the Lord. This is the Holy Spirit. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. Not for mine. Quicken me, Lord, that I can do great things. Quicken me that everybody looks at me and says, Oh, what a great person you are. No. Quicken me, Lord, for thy name's sake. Make me alive that your glory is brought forth. That your light is shining forth in me. That man sees thy work and gives thee glory. For thy righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. It's the only way I'm getting out of it is by his righteousness. Because there's no other name given under heaven whereby men may be saved. And that's salvation from sin and that's salvation from fear and that's salvation from the wicked one and that's complete salvation. There's no other name. And of thy mercy, Lord, cut off mine enemies. And in all, all of this, all of this prayer, at the end of his prayer, he's so emboldened in his Lord that he could say and pray an imprecatory prayer against the enemies of his Lord. Destroy him, Lord. Oh, no, not in our day and age. You can't say that. That's, that's not, oh, no, that's the Lord's justice. That's the Lord's righteousness. And that's the Lord's right that's been given to him of the Father to put all of these enemies under his feet. Of thy mercy, cut off my enemies, Lord, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. He peels in union. I'm yours, Lord. That's, I, I, it's not because I'm good. It's not because of these works I've done. It's not because of anything in me. It's not because I'm in this lineage. It's not because I have this title behind my name. None of that, Lord. I'm thy servant. I'm yours, Lord. That's where he appeals to. Now let's go back to our text for a few comments before we close. As I said in verse one, uh, 10, we see that, Jesus, that David asked according to the Lord's faithfulness and righteousness in verse 1. He asked the Lord to overcome him. Teach me, Lord. Overcome me. Teach me that thou art my God. That's union. Now, I want to take you to a couple of very familiar places to you. And I want you to see this morning, Lord willing, the Holy Spirit opens each passage up to us to show us how this works out. How does the Lord teach us? So hold your finger there because we're coming back probably. And we're going to go all the way to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 32. In Genesis 32, we begin in verse 24, and this is where Jacob met the Lord and wrestled with the angel. Remember, teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God, thy spirit is good, lead me into the land of uprightness. Right before this, in verse 24, Jacob went, and he went to sleep that night, and he was very restless and very fearful because of Esau. Esau's coming. He's going to meet Esau now. Jacob's got all of his stuff. He's coming back to meet his brother that he usurped, so to speak. And now, here he is. He, he comes back. And now, Jacob was left alone. Verse 24. And Jacob was left alone in a fearful state. 
And there he wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Teach me to do thy will, O Lord. And when he saw that he prevailed not against me, the one he was wrestling with, the angel of the Lord, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And that will always be a remembrance to Jacob that he's dependent upon his Lord. At any moment, the power of the Lord could come and strike. And he gave him this little reminder. My power, I'm stronger than you are. Don't ever forget that. People come to this passage and say, Oh, look how much power we have over God. That's true in Christ. It's true in Christ. Teach me to do thy will. That's what this whole passage is about today. In the mind of Christ. Jacob was left alone. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against me, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. God, the angel, just established his sovereign authority over Jacob at any moment. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. That's what's always missing when they look at this passage. Oh, he's dependent upon Jacob to let him go. No, he's teaching him the will of the Lord. He's teaching him what the Lord's will is for Jacob. And Jacob says, and he says, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. How does that happen? By faith. See, remember what David said in our text today? He cried out and he said, teach me to do thy will according to your faithfulness, according to your righteousness. That's what's taking place here. Jacob's being taught the same thing. His dependency, but yet his strength in the Lord. That's why I said this isn't, this isn't a uh, maybe the Lord will do it. He shows Jacob how he does it. Wrestle with me. We're not complacent creatures. We have more, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that too means prevailing with our Lord in the Lord's strength. Not above, not by ourselves. Not in and of ourselves. But by Him, through Him, unto Him. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince. What are we called on this earth? Kings and princes? Kings and priests? Are we a prince? Are we, are, do we have that? Are we royalty in the house of the Lord? Are we? Is that what we are in Christ Jesus? I can't answer that for you. But he says to him, Um, but it, for as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. We've prevailed in Christ. Jacob prevailed in Christ at any moment. That's what I'm saying. This angel of the Lord, which we know is the pre-incarnate of Christ, we know at any moment he just touched that thigh. Oh, it's way out of joint. Oh, I can barely wrestle. The Lord had something to show him about his soul. This is what the child of God, this is Christ in us. This is what he does. 
This is how he energizes the child of God. That's what living faith is. Faith apprehends him and doesn't let him go. No, Lord. That's why our psalm this morning. Oh, Lord, I cry out unto you. Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. I'm reaching out to you, Lord. I'm not going to let go. Why? Because of his presence in me. That's what's happening here. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just like you and I see God face to face in the face of Jesus Christ, his mediator. That's, that's how we prevail. That's how it is in life. You say, well, I'm, I, I don't have strength to wrestle that way. You're right, but he does. Don't ever miss the beginning of this. David was up all night, weakened and fearful. Nothing in him at all to take place to do this. Nothing. Couldn't be any other way. Couldn't be any other way. Now let's go over to um, Matthew 15. We'll see one more like this. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. The land of uprightness is in Christ's presence. It's in Christ's strength. It's in Christ alone. Let's look at Matthew 15 and let's begin in verse 22. Well, we might as well go to 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the coast of the same coast. A woman of Canaan. This, isn't Israel, this is not an Israelite. And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. What is this Gentile doing coming and crying unto the Lord that way? My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. You say, well, wow, does she have any right to do that? That's certainly what the uh, disciples are going to say. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was his purpose, to come to see, to come and seek and save the lost sheep in the house of Israel. But see, we're sitting on this side of the word of God. So we know that Jesus came and broke down that wall and the truth went out to the Gentiles. Correct? Correct. And we have this Gentile who comes to Jesus at this time and Jesus states his purpose. This is why I've come right here to this hour. It's for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But then came she and worshipped him saying, Lord, help now, sometimes we're taught that it's these long prayers. Oh, gosh, we've got to pray for hours and minutes and get in our closet. And... But the prayers birthed from the soul, they have no time limit. Some of them are just these simple, help me, Lord. That's it. Lord, just help me. This is faith. This is the work of faith to bring her to Christ. Everything around her tells her this isn't for you. The words Jesus just said, I have come to the house of Israel, could have discouraged her, but it can't discourage his faith. It can't. 
Yours and mine, yes. We'd have tucked our head and said, okay, this is not a good time. I should go away from here. What apprehends Christ? What wrestles with Christ? That's what I'm saying. What, what brought her? Is this, this woman that we know nothing about, that she has more strength than any man upon the face of the earth? Heaven forbid. But the strength she has right now is greater than any strength on earth. It's the faith of the Son of God. And he said unto her, he answered and said, It is not meet for me to take the children's bread, the bread of the Israelites, and cast it to the dogs, the Gentiles. It's not that time yet, Jesus said. That purpose time has not come yet. Do you think that Jesus was being duped? Did you think that it wasn't his child? He drew her there. This was his revelation that the truth was going out to the Gentiles. And he revealed it to her. He revealed it to her to come in the power of Christ and not to count the cost and not to look at the fear and not to look at anything but to wrestle with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I need you. That's what the soul does. But it doesn't do it on its own. It's because Christ is in us, the seed. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory, the strength of our existence. And she said, truth, Lord. I can't argue with you. Absolutely true. Everything out of your mouth is true. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Isn't that a truth, Lord? That the very dogs that we are, the worthless dogs that we are, can't we eat from the crumbs that fall from our master's table? Isn't it the same master that allows those crumbs to fall from the table? That's the, that's the implication. Aren't you letting those crumbs fall, Lord, to people like me? That's what faith does. It apprehends Christ. That's my Savior. I'll take nothing else. That's my Lord. That's my Savior. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Yes, it's no greater faith found on earth because it's his faith great is thy faith be it unto thee even as thou wilt and her daughter was made whole from that very hour and I venture to say her soul was too not the daughter's but hers teach me Lord to do thy will thy spirit is good that's what it takes thou art my God Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Last place we'll go in closing this morning is Ephesians 1. If you'll turn with me over to Ephesians 1. We'll just read a couple of verses here. About the will of our Lord. I'll just back up to 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the blood in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will. Teach me, Lord, to do Thy will. You know what that is? That's assurance right there. He has made us to know the mystery of His will. And it's in Christ. That's what this whole Ephesians 1 is about, in Christ. His redemption. 
His plan for our life, His salvation, according to the good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. You know what that means? There's no wavering. There's no way of decay. There's no way of error. He purposed it in Himself where there's purity, where there's power. He's going to seal it too. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ. Isn't that what David asked for? According to your thanks, Christ. Your righteousness. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Teach me to do thy won't know it unless you teach it. You're not going to learn it in a seminary, and you're not going to learn it in a college, and you're not going to learn it in a book. You're going to learn it at the feet of Christ. You're going to learn it by the Holy Spirit revealing Christ in you, the hope of the Lord. That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, and whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, he opened your ears. After that you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, he's given faith, he's given the hearing, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. No one's going to get the child of God. You sealed him. You sealed in the promise of the Lord that you will be ever with him. which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. What else can you say to all of that? But it's all of Him. To Him be all glory. Our text one more time. Psalm 143.10 Teach me to do Thy will, for Thou art my God. Thy Spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Dear Heavenly Father, may you add Thy power and Thy clarity thy peace and thy love to thy people this day. And Lord, may you come with that power to reveal to us thy will, thy will alone. Make us to sit down, Lord, at thy feet and in that pasture that you have preserved for us. And Lord, give us ears to hear and a will to follow thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.